Good morning. Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning to you all. How you doing this morning? We doing okay? Everybody's doing fine? Amen and amen. Excited to be in the Lord's house this morning uh, as we uh, turn our attention to hymn of 259, hymn 259, to God be the glory. We're here today to give God the glory. Amen. Amen. So if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 259, to God be the glory, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer, okay? continue to to work in our lives lord each and every day we thank you lord for your son jesus your only begotten son we thank you lord for his willingness to go to the cross we just pray lord for anyone here that does not know you 
as Lord and Savior. We just ask, Lord, that they too will choose you today. We ask, Lord, that you'd be with our pastor this morning. We pray that you'll bless him. We pray, Lord, that you would fill him with the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would hear from you, Lord, and that we would change our lives to be more Christ-like, Lord. We just continue, Lord, to thank you. We thank you, Lord, for first loving us, and we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue to praise the Lord, we would love to tell the story, hymn 561, hymn 561, we can love to tell the story. I love to tell the story, hymn 561, hymn 561.
to us today. Amen. And I'm thankful that as the choir's about to sing, we can behold our God. All God's people can sing. Amen.
Make you shout, amen? I'm telling you, that's some pretty good singing. Just think what it's going to be like when we all get to heaven, amen? Let's stand and let's sing that song, hymn number 429, When We All Get to Heaven. Come amen, on. when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will over spread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. Oh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all crowd for a holiday weekend, amen, and man, you sound so good, and the choir was tremendous, amen, amen. but we're all glad that you're here, our ushers have come, if you're a first-time visitor here, and if you'd tell them this for us, if you're a first-time visitor here, if you'd raise your hand, our ushers have a card for you to fill out, a visitor's card, if you'd fill that out after the service, uh, bring it to me out in the foyer behind the sign that says, welcome, I'll be standing behind the desk. I have a gift bag for you that we'd like to give you in exchange for your visitor card. And we're awful glad that you've come and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. And I want to I warn you, you got, you're going to have to be careful this morning. Because you're on the verge of having church. Amen. 
Yeah, you know, we don't want, we, we got to be careful. We don't want to break loose. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, I just tell Brother Marco, it would be good if we did cut, break loose every once in a while. Amen. And, uh, you know, just let go and let God have his way. Man, I'm tell, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get tired of having to look back into the 80s and remember what it, got, what it was like when people got happy to be around, the, you know, to, to worship. We ought not have to look back to 1980. Maybe we just need to look back to next to last week. Amen. Amen. And so, but man, I'm thankful. Choir, excellent job. Praise the Lord. Uh, I am thankful for our choir. They sing big. And by that, I mean they don't sing. Listen, they sing like a, a choir of 100. They do well. And I'm proud of our choir. But listen, they put the work in. And I'm thankful for them that they are willing to come and give themselves to, uh, it's not always easy to make it back by one o'clock, right. amen, but they do, and I'm thankful for that, and uh, if you'd like to be a part of the choir, listen, let me encourage you to come amen. and uh, be a part of that, and but man, what, what a great way to bring glory to the Lord by singing songs like, Behold Our God, man, life, that'll, that, and I mean it, that'll make a Baptist shout if you're not amen. careful. They'd make an independent fundamental Baptist shout if we're not careful. Uh, but I'm thankful again for our choir. Thankful for you. Appreciate it. This is a this is probably the best Labor Day crowd we've had in a long time. And I'm thankful that you're back today. That you chose wisely. You chose uh, well. You chose biblically to be back this morning. Uh, but let me encourage you to be back at two. Amen. Amen. We get to come to church two times in one day. Amen. Is that awesome or what? Amen. Amen. Just, I mean, heaven's going to be, listen, heaven's going to be church every day. Amen. Uh, and you won't be able to stay home in your mansion either, okay? <laughs> or go fishing on the Crystal River, you know. No, it's all going to be about the Lord Jesus when we get there. Amen. So let's just practice while we're here. And, uh, and just be back this afternoon at 2 o'clock. But let's also practice worshiping this morning uh, in our offering. Amen. And Amen. I want to encourage you, you give as unto the Lord because we've all been blessed of God. Yeah. And uh, God just wants a portion of that back to, to you know, just a portion uh, to worship Him. So let me encourage you, you'll be a part of that today. And may God bless you as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful for the day. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, God, for visiting us already this morning. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, God, we had uh, a lot of folks that came this morning, God, at 830, and we've prayed, and we've asked you, God, to visit us in a, and manifest yourself in a special way today. And, Lord, I, I've already seen you, Lord, this morning, and I pray, God, that you will continue to, to move in our hearts, and may you speak to us today, and, God, may we allow you to speak to us, Lord. May we... Open our spiritual ears and put away those things, God, that demand our time, uh, Lord, today and this week. And just allow you, God, to minister to us for just a little while today. But Lord, it's time for us now to worship again, God, in our giving. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us to open our hearts, Lord, and our wallets. And God, be givers. Lord, you said you love a cheerful giver. So, Lord, help us to give cheerfully, Lord, to you today. And we give you praise and glory. Bless those that give. Bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
this time, uh, fifth grade and under, fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. Fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. The remaining of us, if you're able to rise, we'd like to ask this question. And the question is, are you washed in the blood? Amen. Amen. Hymn 365. Hymn 365 at the conclusion of this hymn. Please briefly greet each other. Greet our guests. Are you washed in the blood? Hymn 365. Hymn 365. Sing along. I have you been to Jesus for the cleansing fire. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace?
Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, if you would please, and if you are able, if you will stand with me in reading God's Word this morning. Labor Day. Labor is defined in Webster's Dictionary to exert one's powers of body or mind with painful or strenuous work. It means to move with great effort. Uh, the word labor here in Scripture, it's kopas, which means to toil. It means to reduce strength. It comes from the root word kapto, which means to beat the breast in grief. And so I believe that the Lord is trying to teach us this morning in this verse of Scripture that we are to toil in the work of God with great effort, beating our breast in grief over those souls who are lost and without Christ. And that's what this is speaking of in labor. Well, Labor Day, uh, it, it dates back uh, to the late 1800s when American workers, they were working over 12 hours a day in poor conditions, which led to pr protest and, and the formation of labor unions, you know, and we all have our opinions about those things. Uh, but the first Labor Day holiday was observed in the United States on September the 5th, 19, or excuse me, 1882. Uh, Twelve years later, the Department of Labor, they made it a federal holiday. And so we can understand that we have been given, this is really, this is a, a, a rest from our labor and the things of the world, but we don't rest from the labor and the things of God till Jesus comes and takes us out of here. And all God's people can say amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about laboring for the Lord and the work of the Lord. And if you look at that verse of Scripture in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians and, and verse 58, found your place, say amen. Okay, well, that didn't sound like everybody. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, found your place, say amen. Now, there will be a test later. All right? A closed book test. I want you to get this, all right? Uh, I want you to read this verse with me this morning. Uh, along with me, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, help us today. Uh, God, I, I believe this is the message that you have, that you've given me for this day. And uh, Lord, I'm thanking you for our people who have come, for all of our guests that are here today. I pray, God, that you'd please impress upon our hearts those things that we need to uh, do in our lives, Lord, and spiritually speaking. Lord, even in, our, in this flesh that we need to change, God, that we might have a closer walk with you, Lord, today. So help me, uh, God, today to preach the message. Help me to preach it through the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. Bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, God says, talks about work. Uh, in fact, in, in this verse this morning, that we find the phrase, and if you look there, we're going to stay right here in this verse and dissect this somewhat this morning. But you find that phrase, the work of the Lord, which is the theme of the, of the verse. And this verse talks about working for the Lord. Now, the word work scares a lot of folks. Amen? I mean, it scares some Christians. It bothers some Christians as well. Now, for some, it don't bother them. They can go sit down right beside it and not bother them a bit. Amen? 
but it bothers some. And it bothers some because they don't really want to work. And it bothers others because they don't want to work that hard. Uh, after all, you know, they're just busy. Busy doing their own thing. Well, this morning, I want to try to show you the importance of, uh, of working for the Lord in the work of the, of the Lord. It's important that we get this verse today because in the day that we live, folks, I'm, uh, I believe with all my heart that God is giving us an opportunity to reach the lost for the cause of Christ. Uh, and I believe our days are short. You say, well, how short? I don't know that. But I'm going to work today like he's coming tonight. Amen. Amen. And that's the way we ought to always do. We ought to live our lives today like he's coming back uh, any moment. And so that when he uh, comes that he'll not find us and uh, doing something that we ought not doing. Then, and we will not be ashamed to meet him at his coming. So as we come to this verse this morning, I want you to look there in verse 8. I want you to notice the revelation of our labor, where it says, therefore, my beloved brethren. Now, that's in, that word is important. That's talking about the saved, the born-again children of God. And, and, it's, and by the way, he didn't say, now, uh, he didn't say, therefore, some of my beloved brethren. No, he didn't say that. That word brethren, it's plural, and it means everybody. It means uh, every born-again child of God. And, and, and God wants us to be busy in the work of God. And, and, and have you ever noticed that, that not everybody wants to work? Have you all noticed that these days? I mean, it's really kind of surprising that not everybody wants to work. Really, I mean, isn't it surprising? Uh, you can almost go anywhere you want to go, and there's uh, help-wanted signs hanging up everywhere. Uh, there's companies that need more workers. and In fact, I've, I've even been told that there's some companies that said, Listen, uh, do y'all have anybody over 40 that wants to work? You'll kind of catch on to that. Um, uh, but but nobody, not everybody wants to work. If, if, but it's understand it's the same way today among believers. And I've always wondered why some believers feel like that they're exempt from working or from serving God. And uh, they feel like, you know, well, you know, Brother Shelton, he can, he's doing really good. Look at him go. Yeah, look at him. I mean, man, Brother Shelton, you go, man. There's some stuff over there that, that needs to be done. You know, need to go do some visiting. Need to go uh, tell some people about the Lord. You, I mean, you're a deacon. You go. It's hot out there, so be care, be, make sure you drink plenty of water. Amen. I'll be, I'm going to be praying for you. you, you you're, catching, you're catching what I'm throwing. Uh, listen, we, we, some Christians just, um, they feel like that they, they're exempt from it. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, write these verses down. It says, Therefore said he unto them, the Lord, he said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Brother Shelton, he didn't realize when he was praying this morning and quoting that verse, he didn't realize he was in my message today. Uh, but the Lord said, laborers are few. It's been said that in the average Baptist church that only about 10% of the congregation does all the work. Now, I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't know what the percentage is here. I think we're probably above that a little bit. But I, I know, I can tell you one thing with a surety that, that uh, it's not 100%. I, I can't say that. 
Uh, and God said, listen, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. And, and notice, the fields are ripe already unto harvest. Listen, God's, uh, uh, God has told us and, and, and letting us know here that the fields, that there's lost people looking and longing for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and, but there's a shortage of brethren. There's a shortage of people going out to reap the harvest today. And, and just imagine what uh, the work of God would look like if, the, if all the brethren were involved in it. Man, I'm telling you, it would be an amazing thing what God could do if the, everybody in this place were involved in the work of God going out into the harvest and knocking. It would look like a bunch of army ants. You ever seen them? God said, behold, the ant. Listen, those things are amazing. Uh, you ought to, I mean, if you've never watched them, you ought to get on the, the, the Discovery Channel, whatever it is, and watch some stuff about, about ants. They are an amazing creature. No wonder God said to behold the ant. And I'm telling you, if we would just be like those ants, all work together in the work of God 100%, there's no telling what would be like next Sunday when it came time to worship for God if, if we all got involved. Souls need Christ. Uh, brethren, talking about all of them. Look in verse 58 again. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Here's the word always. What's that next word? Always abounding. That word abounding here means to be plentiful. It means to exist in large numbers. It means to supersede or go beyond. And with that in mind, I want you to understand that, that it's Christians today need to go uh, beyond. They need to supersede in their work for God. And if you go back to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41, uh, you'll go and you'll read a verse of Scripture where back in the days of the Romans, they would, uh, if they were coming along and they saw somebody walking there and they said, listen, carry my stuff. It was required of them to carry that Roman stuff for a mile. One mile. But God here says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, he said, Whosoever compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Listen, we need to understand today that this word abounding means to supersede. It means to go above and beyond that what's expected. It means to do our best for the Lord. Uh, But we have fallen into a trap today that we only want to do what's expected of us. Listen, God says if, you, if you're compelled to go one mile, go two. We, we need some two-mile Christians today. We need some Christians today that will do that little bit extra, no matter what it is and in what area in the work of God. Listen, we need some Christians today that will pick it up and do that little extra. Why? Because there are people that need the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's up to us to get the job done. Amen. Look in verse 58 again. We'll talk about the recipient of our labor. Uh, It reminds us that it's the work of the Lord. We don't work for, uh, you know, a denomination. We don't work for man. I don't. Uh, We don't work for an organization. Amen. We work for God, period. Hey Amen. If, if you do what you do here for Central Park Baptist Church for me, then listen, then your work is vain. Right. Right. We, you ought, don't do that. I, would tell, I, I want to encourage you and, and, uh, to tell you, right, don't do it for me. I'm not worth it. 
I'm, listen, we ought to do what we do for God. We're here today for His honor and for His glory. That's why the choir sings songs like, Behold our God. Listen, God today is high and lifted up. He's God today. And we ought to do everything that we do for Him. People count it an honor to work for people in high position. But the reality is we who are saved, we're working and should be working for our God who sits on the throne of this universe. Listen, He is the one who holds each breath that we breathe in His hand. We ought to do what we do today for Him, period. Amen. The greatest honor in the world is to work for the King of kings and Lord of all. I thank God that He has given me an opportunity to, to do what I do. He, he could have chosen anybody. There's a, a lot of people today that are much better qualified to do this than I am. There's a lot of people today that are much better at pastoring than I, but I'm, listen, but I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to stand and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, and I do what I do for Him because He chose me. I'm thankful for that. Uh, It's the work of the Lord. Notice the position here. The Lord here means master. Master means the one that's in control of our lives. Turn, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and look in verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. Uh, here in this verse, it reminds us that ye are not your own, for ye have been bought with a price. Listen, we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, the great apostle, called himself a, a servant of Jesus Christ. Listen, we... The brethren ought to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be our master, to be the master of our lives today. Listen, that simply means if he's the master and we are the servants of God, that he ought to be the one calling the shots. He ought to be the one telling us what to do. He should be the one that's leading. He, and we should be the one that's following Jesus said that, listen, he told his disciples, follow me. He tells us, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, a lot, the, the cause of Christ today is dependent upon fellowship. And a lot of Christians today are not real good at following. Paul even said, follow me as I follow him. Listen, I want you to understand today, as Christians today, we need to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He ought to be the the master of everything that we do today. He ought to be the one calling the shots. Look in verse 58, we see the reliability of our labor. Again, it says to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Look at that word, steadfast, and the word unmovable. God help us. There's a lot of people today that are, they're like, a, you know, it's like a greased pole. They, they get on that thing, and they, they are moving everywhere. They move around with every wind of doctrine, whichever way. Listen, my wife was talking the other day about uh, some uh, Jehovah Witness came up, I believe it was, and they were, uh, they were handing out uh, color and things, wanted to give them to my kids. And my wife said, uh, oh, wait a minute, let me, wait, let me look at that. And noticed that it was a that it was Jehovah Witness that was given that, and they, she said, "No, ma'am, you can't get." It. She goes, "Oh, you you don't want your kids to color," and she said, "Not that." Amen. 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 Listen, unmovable. 
We got a lot of Christians today, if somebody comes around and starts talking a little sweet and they talk just right, you know, if we're not careful, listen, sheep, they, we have a tendency to follow around and we think, oh, look at that. And the devil will put a little toe, and I've said this before, he puts a little bit of a nice green looking grass right here and, 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 and sheep, they'll find, oh man, look at that. And we start nibbling on it and, and then that one gets a little bare and he puts another one over here. Oh, look at that, there's another one. And we move over here, we eat on that a little bit. And then the next thing you know, we are so far away from where God has expected us to be. Listen, we have forgotten that we ought to be unmovable. Listen, it's time for born-again children of God to say, no, we're not going any further. That We're standing by by God who brought us where we are and by the Word of God, the Bible, that got us where we are. Come on, say amen. You make me nervous when I say something like that and y'all don't say amen. Listen, unmovable, steadfast. My question here, though, is why would Paul mention being steadfast and unmovable in the work of the Lord? Well, in Paul's day, as it is today, some Christians start out being reliable, but then they stop being reliable in the work of God. That We're, we're talking about reality. Uh, Satan knows that God is depending on us in this world. Listen, God depends on us. We're, we're plan A. There's not no plan B. There's not a plan A.1, A.2. No, wait a minute. It's just plan A. You're it. God's dependent upon you. He's dependent upon me. And Satan knows that. And so he's going to use as many and as many different stumbling blocks to discourage or defeat the child of God in working for God. He wants to stop you in your tracks. And if he can't stop you in your tracks, he wants you to be ineffective. And in doing so, he uses people. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. I thought this was interesting. You know, I've read this I don't know how many times, but I've really never really, um, I guess, paid it attention in this vernacular, if you will. But it says, ye did run well. What's the next word? Huh? Not what? Who? Satan will work through people to defeat you and discourage you if you let them. Listen, we can be going along real good. And I mean, life is good. Are are we reading our Bible? We're spending time in prayer. Amen, we're doing the things that God wants us to do, and we're, we're just marching right along, and then, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, and we've we, we got our head buried in the Word of God, and we've got on our knees, and then we look up, and there's somebody here going, hey, uh, why don't you come go with me, and you know, why don't you do this, it's okay, it, 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 I'm going to throw this in here, because y'all are here, it's okay to miss one Sunday. Who did hinder you? It's okay to do this for just a little while. I mean, I mean, after all, they won't miss it this once. This one time won't bother this. Thank you, Margaret. This one time won't hurt a thing. I can hear Satan talking to Adam and Eve going, hey, listen, this one time won't hurt. You know, had God said, he didn't really mean that. I mean, but listen, it won't just one bite. You're not eating a whole thing. Come on, it's okay. 
Well, here we are. And he still does that, by the way. And he will use people. God said, ye did run well. Who hindered you? Who? Satan uses prosperity. 2 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Not most evil, not some evil, but all evil. Talking about the love of money. Uh, While some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Um, Now, I know we have to work. I know that you got to have you got to have it. But when we have an option, are y'all still here? Say amen. But when we have an option whether we are to work on God's day or not, that's different. I mean, well, a little overtime sure will look good. Yep. Uh, I worked some overtime in the oil field, and, and, and Uncle Sam got most of it. Yeah, but you know what that's saying, the love of money. In other words, we choose to do this instead of doing what God wants us to do. Yeah, God will use that. Or excuse me, Satan will use that. Satan uses pleasure. 2 Timothy 4.10, I want you to look over there on this verse. This is important. Uh, He uses pleasure. Paul said, for Demas hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world. And I was talking to Brother uh, Shelton, Brother Marco about this the other day. And my devotion, the Lord, made me think of this. And it fit right here. I w- and I want you to get this. Demas what didn't uh, just wake up one day and be here. Okay. Uh, in fact, Demas is first mentioned by Paul over in the book of Colossians. Which was written shortly after First Timothy, about five years or so uh, uh, before Second Timothy, while Paul is in in his uh, prison for the first time. And when Paul wrote about him in Colossians chapter four, at that time Demas was one of the apostles' closest associates. I mean, Demas was in there; he was serving God. He was doing for God. He was a benefit to the Apostle Paul. And then Paul sent greetings in behalf of Demas over in Philemon, verse 24. And he said that Demas was one of his fellow workers. I mean, here Demas, he's really in there. He's, he's a fellow worker. He's working for God. He is, he, he's, he's beneficial to Paul and to the ministry. Now watch. Paul had invested time. He had invested effort into teaching, counseling, and encouraging Demas and, and, and expected him to carry on in the ministry. But the risk for Demas increased. Can I tell you something? Uh, the risk for serving God increases the longer you're in it. The risk increases. The cost increases. Amen. We're talking about labor. Yeah, it increases. And for Demas, watch, his resolve for the ministry as the, as the risk increased, his resolve for ministry and the things of God decreased. And Paul says now here in 2 Timothy 4.10, Having loved this present world. He wasn't he didn't just all of a sudden go there. No. Remember, it's kind of like like uh, Saul in in we've been studying on Wednesday night. Saul was he was sitting there and, and David had been playing his harp. Saul was sitting there with his javelin in his hand. 
I mean, he'd already, he'd already made a, an opportunity to sin and do the wrong thing. He's sitting there with the javelin in his hand. He's going to throw it. If the opportunity comes up, I'm, I'm throwing this. I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready to sin. I got it right here. Yep. If, man, if David messes up this time, I am, I am on him. You know what? We walk around with our javelin in our hand. And we're ready, you know, just in case the opportunity comes up, you know, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm, we tell the world I'm ready, you know, I got my javelin over here. And, and if the opportunity comes for me to do something other than what God wants me to do, I got my javelin right here, I'm ready to go. Are y'all still here? Say amen. It came for Demas. And Demas forsook Paul, he said, having loved this present world. John says in 1 John 2, 15, he said, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The heart of Demas may have been covered just enough, with just enough soil so the fruit of the things of God could have grown a little bit, but the root didn't quite get down to his heart. Yeah. And then when things got a little difficult, he left Paul. Can I tell you this morning that serving God takes some spiritual grit? Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, it takes some spiritual tenacity. It takes some, some uh, spiritual resolve. You know, the song says, I am resolved no longer to linger charm. You know, I mean, listen, you, you hear it? I can, I can hear that. The world charms us. The world comes along and says, listen, it's okay. Just for, no, wait a minute. There's no place today to, to, to stop or to give in to this world and leave the things of God. We must have some spiritual tenacity today. And if we're not careful, Satan will ruin you and he will drag you away from the things of God. There's too much at stake today to allow that to happen. That's why Paul said, contend for the faith. Contend for it. That word contend means fight for it. There may be some days you're going to have to get up and fight for the, the cause of Christ a little bit. You may have to fight for your uh, reputation as a child of God. You may have to fight for, the, uh, for your testimony. You may have to fight to, to stand up and say, listen, I can't do that. Uh, this is day for worship. This is the day that we gather together in the house of God and, and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a body, and I will not let anything get in my way. Amen. There weren't very many amens. Satan will draw us away. He'll use pleasure. He'll also use problems. Look in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. We're still talking about labor. Man, preacher, I thought we were going to rest from labor. Well, we are later. Satan uses problems. Galatians 6, 9. I don't know why, but for some reason, the Lord has really had this uh, uh, verse on my heart. The last few weeks, but it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap in, uh, if we faint not. Listen, this is the us thing here. It's, it's a, we're in this together. We're in this, we're a team. I know, I know that's been used for, but we're the body of Christ. We, and, if, and if one part of the body isn't here, then it makes it, it, makes it more difficult for the body to function properly. I was telling Sunday school class this morning when that guy hit me on the thumb with a 15-pound sledgehammer one day. I want you to know it didn't just hurt right here. 
it hurt from the top of my head all the way down to the bottom of my foot. And the guy that I was working for said, well, can't you, uh, you know, use that other hand all right? I went, no. I mean, he, can you just grab it with your fingers? And I went, no. It may. I mean, every time you grab something with your fingers, it goes right to the tip of that thumb. Listen, and it's the same way with the body of Christ. When, when we're not all together functioning as a body, it, listen, it hurts. It makes it difficult for the rest of the body to function. And can we, can we all say, hey, man, we get the picture? Listen, that's why it's so important for us today to function together. That's why we need to understand that we're in this together. And it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. And we were talking about this the other day, that if Brother Shelton gets a little weary, and listen, and we get tired. We get weary. This old body gets tired. We get tired emotionally. We get discouraged. We need to go to our brother and cry and say, hey, I'm here to help you. Listen, he who is a, a stronger brother, lift up that weaker brother and say, listen, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I just want you to know that, listen, I've, I've, got, I've got you covered. Listen, you remember when the two men helped, uh, was it Moses, that when they were fighting, he got under them and held his arms up? Listen, when he put his arms down, they were losing the battle. But as long as they, they came alongside him, one got on this side, held this arm up. One got on this side and held this arm up. And then, and listen, and they won the battle. Why? They did it together. Amen. We need to do this together. Right. Listen, we can do more together than we could ever do just one or two Amen. or three or four or five or six or ten or fifteen. Right. Uh, we're in it together. But Satan will use problems. And if we're not careful, one of us will fall out because we get weary. But you understand, if one falls out because of weariness, then the rest don't reap. That's what that verse says. And let us not be weary and well-doing. For in due season, we. Listen, Satan knows our weak points. And he'll do whatever he can to slow us down, to distract us, to defeat us, to quit working for God. But Paul encourages, and, and he says, to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, let me show you the reason for our labor. I've got to hurry. It says, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. Is there a period right there? Look in your Bible. I want you to see it. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Look back over there. For as much as ye know. See, a period means that's all. That, you know, right there. It stops right there. So it says, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, is there a period? Mm -mm. No, there's more after. It says that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, it's worthwhile in the Lord. Yeah. Listen, uh, it lets me know that um, our laboring is worthwhile now. Yeah. You see, loving the Lord is the main reason to work for God, because we love Him. We ought to love to work for Him because of what He did for us. Listen, my parents are up in years, and, and, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm, I don't do as much for them as my sisters do. Uh, but they do. They they are with my mom and dad. They stay with them. They, they stay over at their house at night. They watch for them. And, you know... I haven't heard my, my sisters complain one bit. Not once have they complained. 
they put their family on, you know, to the side somewhat, and, uh, and they go and they take care of my mom and dad. You know, when I, when I can, I do things for my mom and dad. Sometimes it's not convenient. It's hard. You have to drive about two hours one way. But you know what? I don't, I don't mind. You know why I do that? Because I love them. Yep. I was overseeing my mom the other day. And bless her heart, she was sitting there in a wheelchair. And, and she was just she's wore out. She, they had her in physical therapy, and she was rolling her eyes at them, you know, and blowing, you know, and all kinds of things. And so when they were about done, I went over, and I sat down beside the bed, and, and I sat on the bed, and she was in her wheelchair, and she was sitting there trying to stay awake. And, and I, I was sitting there, and, and she looked look over at me, and she'd pick her hand up, and she'd start rubbing on my face. And you know, you know why I go over there and do things for my mom and dad? Because I love them. Because of what they've done for me. You see, I've not always been the son I need to be. I've caused my parents a lot of grief. I told my mom while she was sitting there, I said, Mom, I can remember the days you were a whole lot more spry when you had given me a whooping. And she grinned. And you know, but I do for them because I love them. Yeah. Do you know why I serve God like I do? Because I love him. Because he took my whooping for me. Yeah. Like the little boy that got stole stealing the a lunch from his classmate years ago and they were warned. They said, Listen, if if, we, if this it had been happening and it happened over and over, and finally the teacher said, listen, if we catch you stealing this other boy's lunch, you're going to get a whooping. And they caught him. So they brought him up in front of the class. The teacher, that, that in those days, they took a rod out about the size of your little finger, and he had his coat on, and, and they said, listen, you know the rule that if you, uh, if you get caught, uh, you're going to get a whooping. So they said, you're going to have to take your coat off, and... Well, when he took his coat off, he didn't have a shirt on. And he was just skin and bone. And the teacher knew that he took it because he hadn't been eaten. He was hungry. And they said, she said, you know, you know the rule. The rule was that if you got caught stealing, you're going to get a whooping. So he stood up to the front of the classroom and just as a teacher was about to give him a whooping the little boy whose lunch he had been stealing stood up and said stop I'll take his whooping for him and that little boy came up and took the whooping for that young man can I tell you today that when I was smitten of God dead in trespasses and sin bound for hell Listen, God's judgment was upon me. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, stood up and died on the cross for my sin. and said, wait, I'll take his whooping for him. And he went to the cross for me. He took the whipping that I deserved. Smitten of God the Father. Listen, so you want me to tell you why I do what I do? 
because I love him. Because of what he did for me. Listen, our laboring is worthwhile now. Yeah. Uh, our laboring is worthwhile because we labor to reach the lost. Nothing is more important, nothing is more thrilling than to watch a soul that's passed from death unto life. Have you ever seen a movie, and I, I've got to quit. Have you ever seen a movie where someone is, they've, they've been in the water or something, and they've, uh, you know, close to drowning or something, they're laying there, somebody's doing CPR on them, and, and they're doing all kinds of stuff, and, and, and they've been there for maybe 20, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and you're sitting there watching, and you're rooting for them. Hey, come on, breathe, breathe. And then and just when you think that, that it's over, and, they're, and, and then all of a sudden they, you can see them go, and you can see them take that breath, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, amen, <laughs> look at that, they made it. Well, I want you to know I've seen a lot of souls that have been sitting right here, and they are dead in trespasses and sin, and, and they may be breathing physical life, but listen, they are dead spiritually. And you can watch as someone opens the, the living, eternal word of God, life-giving word, amen. And they, they tell them about how Jesus died on the cross for their sin and, and how they can have eternal, everlasting life. And, and the Lord will forgive them as far as the east is from the west. And, and you're rooting for them and you're thinking, man, are they going to make it? Listen, because they're dead in trespasses and sin. And then you watch them and then you can see all of a sudden the, they're they're their visage begins to change and their eyes begin to open and they take that, that first breath of eternal life. What a thrilling thing that is. Listen, nothing can be more thrilling than that and that's why we do what we do. Your labor to reach the lost, listen, is worthwhile. Laboring, listen, we labor to edify the saints. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, it says that word edify one another means to build up. That's why it's so important to be faithful in God's house every time the doors are open because it edifies the body of Christ. But your laboring, listen, is also worthwhile because it exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we not put at least the same amount of time and effort into the work of God that we do for the things of this world? It's not going to be easy. We're going to get tired. We're going to get worn. But faint not. Faint not. Because one day we're going to have a reward for our labor. The last phrase in that verse is, For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Oh, man. You understand there's going to be a special crown given to those who were steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. One of these days, we're going to stand before the Lord himself, and he's going to be handing out the crowns, and listen, and he's going to say, hey, step up here. Listen, you've been steadfast. It may not seem like that it's worth much today. It may be difficult at best. We may be ready to give up or give in. We may be allowing other things to get in our way, but let me encourage them. Don't let that happen. Because one day we'll stand before the Lord himself, the one who died on the cross for our sin. He's going to say, hey, step up, young man. Step up, young lady. I've got a crown for you because you were steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we can say, praise the Lord. 
Because once he gives us that reward, listen, we're talking about not in vain in the Lord. Because when we get those crowns, he is going to be seated high and lifted up. And we'll be walking by the throne of Almighty God. And we'll be able to say, hey, praise the Lord, here's a crown. Thou art worthy, praise the Lord. But it only becomes that way if we're steadfast and unmovable. Listen, I, want, I don't want to walk by the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ and just have to look and see the pile of crowns that are there because the myriads of people have placed those crowns at his feet. I don't want to walk by and have to wish I would have had something to lay at his feet. Listen for what he's done. So listen, it is up to us now to work and to labor in the things of God so that we will one day have something to give back. I don't want to be empty-handed. Listen, James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord that promised them that love him. Can I tell you today, it'll be, it's worthwhile. Every difficult time, every inconvenient moment, Every, every uh, sweat that you give out, every ounce of blood that you may bleed for the cause of Christ in the work of the Lord, it is worth it. It's worth it. Listen, we may not, the world don't care much, but it's not the world that I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for him. And I'll continue to do it for him as long as God gives me breath and he gives me strength. To uh, Listen, uh, I am frail and weak. And I can't do it without him. But I can do all things through Christ with strengthen of me. Yeah. So if I keep him close, I can do it. And so can you. So can I encourage you this morning? That verse again says to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For, you, for your work is not in vain in the Lord. Keep working. Remember what work means? Let me read it again. It means to toil, reducing strength. When's the last time you did something for God that when you did it, it reduced your strength, that you were wore out because you did it? Yeah, that's what it means, to labor. God help us today to labor. He labored for us. He reduced in strength to carry his cross up Golgotha's hill just to be nailed to it. And he did it because what? He beat his breast in grief because he looked and he saw me and you in need of a Savior. So he died on the cross for our sin. Listen, whatever you need today, whether it be salvation or Christian, whether it needs to be, whether it's strength to stay in the work of God, it's all right here. Yeah, it's all right here. Father, help us, Lord, this morning. Strengthen us, God. Lord, I... Uh, Went a little bit longer today, but God, I, it's a message that you've laid up on my heart. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help us, Lord. I pray, dear Father, God, that you'd strengthen us, Lord, to help us to understand that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Help us, Father, to be steadfast, unmovable, God, today. Speak to our hearts. Give this invitation, Lord. And God, I pray that we'll just give way to you, Lord, today as we do business with you. Because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation.